and welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast. I'm Tim Continenza, along with Matt Emch today. Anthony unable to join us, but he will be back very soon. As uh, this is episode number 25, as we continue Radio MVP, we had a little break here after the Thanksgiving holiday. Unfortunately, just scheduling is getting more difficult for all three of us at different times, and. Uh, that's why Anthony's not able to join us, but he will be back very shortly. I know he'll have a lot to talk about with everything that's going on from uh, college football, basketball, uh, the Cleveland Indians, and everything else. And uh, it'll be great to hear what Anthony has to say. Forward to hearing him in the future. But tonight I have a good friend and high school football partner, Matt Emps, with me. And Matt, how you doing uh, this afternoon? I'm good. I'm doing really well, Tim. It's good to see you again. Uh... Obviously, like we had spoken about earlier, you know, that high school football season went really well, and, and it went fast, though, and abruptly ended. We thought we might have, you know, a few teams we could maybe watch in the playoffs, you know, make it maybe to the semis or final. When we had one, and we didn't have them, and unfortunately, they lost. So, um, it's good to see you again. Yeah, it was a, uh, you know, it was a good football season, and Unfortunately, us as broadcasters are just like teams. Uh, when the season ends, it ends dramatically quickly. And uh, our season's over as soon as their season's is over. And, you know, Struthers had a great year. They they ran hard. They uh, they played tough. But they, they came up, you know, quickly um, up against a very talented team in Perry. And, uh, you know, what, what can you say? I mean, you just got to tip your hat. I mean, Perry ended up just coming short in their finals to try to win a, a state title. But, boy, did we see a, a, a young uh, a team there that had aspirations to go deep and really played one of their best football games, I think, of the year against Struthers that weekend. Uh, yeah. Um, unfortunately, the Indians didn't win that one. Perry had such a an excellent quarterback, and their passing game was, uh, was amazing. And um, – you know, they had the eventual state champions the following week in Steubenville, and you and I had thought because of how good Perry did against Gerard um, that, you know, maybe they would take care of them, and uh, they did not have any uh, answer for Steubenville, who, you know, obviously won state, one of the most balanced teams in the state, and uh, they did not get, you know, revenge back from the following season, the previous season from when Steubenville beat them in the playoffs. I do want to correct myself. I said Struthers. I should have said Gerard. Struthers did lose to Perry in the first round of the playoffs. And then Gerard, the team we watched uh, in the second round of the playoffs, uh, fall to Perry also. So uh, I do want to correct myself. I had the right teams, just the wrong order. In my mind, so I do want to correct myself that. But you're right, uh, Gerard played uh, really, I think, overall terrific. Hey, I want to get your opinion on this real quick. I don't know if you heard the news yet. It was announced yesterday that our friend from uh, Howland uh, has resigned his football position. Don Menendez? I did not hear that. Yes. that. That is shocking to me. Do you yeah, know why? I, I have not heard. I just, I just came across the news uh, yesterday that – Dom has uh, tendered his resignation, and they're going to move on from him. I do not know if it was a conflict of interest of any sort, mission or anything like that, or uh, just Dom looking to try something new or go somewhere else. I do not know any of that information. 
I just knew you know Dom, and I wanted to get your your thoughts on that. Yeah, um, I'm glad you said something because uh, I will definitely research that today. I'll I'll call my good friend uh, Eric Angaro, their defensive coordinator, and get the story from him. And you know, depending on what the outcome of that conversation is, will you know decide if I give uh, Dom and Enda as a call because if it's something really negative, I'm not gonna you know caught talking about it. So. I'm really surprised. I'm disappointed, too, because he's uh, a good coach, and he had things going well, and they have a young team coming back next year. So, uh, yeah, that's a shocker to me. Yeah, I was very surprised when I heard the news uh, yesterday that uh, Don has stepped down from his position. That is the fifth coach in Trouble County uh, this year to step down. I know Niles stepped down. His positioning is open and there's a few others along the way so it'll be interesting to see how they get filled here as uh time uh, continues here as we head towards the new year looking uh let's quickly uh get out of the high school level and let's go to the college level obviously ohio state ended up beating michigan and then going on and defeating wisconsin winning the big 10 but was left out of the college football playoffs let me get your first thoughts about that and then i'll talk a little bit about my thoughts on it. Uh, well, you know, I, I, along with you, and I'm sure, you know, just about every sport fan in the country was watching the playoff selection show on that last Sunday. Um, I was talking to my wife, Stacy, who's actually a, a very big football fan and, and uh, you know, has quite a bit of knowledge about the ongoings. And she was asking me my opinion on, you know, what I thought and, and, you know, my idea was I, I had pros and cons from why they could make it and why they couldn't. I thought they had a very good chance of making it because first and foremost, they beat the Wisconsin. They won their conference championship. One of the main points of choosing a team in the playoff is winning your conference championship. The high ranking of Wisconsin and also uh, I think there was two or three other highly ranked teams they beat this year. Um, I thought that also would be a plus for them. Um, On top of that, Alabama, who obviously got chosen in front of them, had lost to the loser of their championship game. So that was a big strike for Alabama for me is not only do you not make it to your conference championship you lose to the team that beat you uh, you got you know what I, Auburn beat them the regular season they lost the SEC championship so that was an extra strike but then you flip over back to the Buckeyes uh, and obviously you know what did them in was that Iowa loss if it was a close loss I think they would have made it I think by how horrible they were destroyed in uh you know the iowa football game i think that was the final knife in the back and um i I was disappointed i was angry along with other buckeye fans uh i understand where they're coming from but i do feel like you know here we have human beings that are on the committee and i think some of them even though they're they are not supposed to look back to last year we're comparing this year's team to last year's team. They would have known that they would have played Clemson again. They said, well, they probably will get beat by them the same way, which you have no way of knowing that. And, 
you know, a different season. The year that we won the national championship in the first playoff, we no one thought we had a chance against Alabama. We destroyed them, went on to beat Oregon for the national championship. So, um, you know, I, I think some of that went on. I do. I, I think people just thought it would be the same as last year, and I don't think that's, that's right. But, um, you know, it is what it is. They're going to play, you know, Southern Cal. In, in a big bowl game and you know uh they could shut up a lot of naysayers by convincingly winning that game yeah i had a, you hit a, a lot of the points that i had um i was disappointed that they didn't make it i honestly thought after the wisconsin win that the four teams would include ohio state i just you know to me i looked at the resume of ohio state to alabama and it was a clear-cut winner is Ohio State played nine conference games. They only played eight. Ohio State also played basically a 10th conference game in the championship game and won against a, at that time, ranked top four. They beat a Penn State who was a top two team at the time in the nation. Uh, they also beat a top 12 team this year. Yes, they lost on the road to Iowa, and it was a bad loss. I ain't going to disagree with anybody on that. However, I think when you're looking, try to, use the criteria of the four best teams in the country that, to get to the playoffs, you don't look – losses are important, but they can be overvalued, in my opinion. Uh, what I mean by that is I think wins matter more when you're comparing teams than losses. And you look at Ohio State, who had those three top 12-4 wins and won the conference compared to Alabama, who – did not have a top 10 win at all this season, who their champion, uh, excuse me, lost to their divisional champion in Auburn, and then Auburn ended up losing to Georgia in the finals. I think that tells you right there that you're, you're really overestimating Alabama because if anything, you can make the case that, that Auburn deserved the opportunity over Alabama. You know, because of the, what, you know, a head-to-head thing. And the way they had it set up, it looked like to me they had quarterfinals set up. You know, they had the ACC championship and the SEC championship, the Big Ten championship, all set up in the top eight. You know, the only ones that wasn't is is the uh, – who am I forgetting here? Uh, you have Georgia. 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 Georgia, well, yeah, the SEC championship. Whoever won that one was going to get in. Whoever won the ACC championship was going to get in. Good between Miami, you know, and uh, Clemson. And then you had the Big Ten championship. And it looked like to me the way they had it set up is all four games, all top four teams were playing basically in a quarterfinal, so the winner should advance. I know technically it wasn't that way, but it looked like that's what they, the committee set up. And to, in my opinion, to to give Alabama that last spot does not make sense. Now, last year, Ohio State got that in the same scenario. And I will say this for Ohio State, though, compared to this Alabama team from last year. Ohio State had top 10 wins last year. This Alabama team does not have one top 10 win. And when they did play top 10 teams this year, they lost. And that was into Auburn. So, you know, I thought they got it wrong. I thought Ohio State deserved a shot. I do believe last year's uh, game did play a major factor in this year's decision, which 
Uh, it's human nature. It's wrong. Uh, you have to take every season for what it is. 2016 is not 2017, and 2018 will not be 2016 and 17 combined. So, um, just disappointed. I thought Ohio State probably deserved the opportunity, just didn't get it. And uh, I'll be honest, another thing I think the college football may have a problem with, and another friend of mine brought this up, and I thought it was a legitimate point, is that you have all Southern teams basically in the finals. Mm-hmm. It becomes very regional. Uh, if you live in the Northeast or if you live in the Midwest or in the West, are you really going to care about these bowl games that they're playing? Uh, you probably will watch the championship game because there's nothing else on that Monday night. However, on New Year's Day, I'm going to watch Ohio State play. Again, it's going to be a great matchup. And that's the only game I really have any interest in watching. You know, uh, going back real quick, what you also you just brought up about, you know, one of the things that they said in their criteria that they were going to try not to ever have happen like they've had when it was the BCS days was have another, like, you know, championship with two teams from the same conference, just like the one year Alabama and LSU played for the national championship. So now you have two SEC teams with Georgia and Alabama. Um, Alabama, I honestly truly believe because of their past over the last decade with Nick Saban, honestly cementing himself as probably the greatest college coach of all time. I think the two best, the three best in college football right now are Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, who has it up on Nick Saban. He beats him much more often. And then obviously Dabo Sweeney is just doing a phenomenal job at Clemson. Um, I think they just got extra voting because they're Alabama. And I think that's wrong. It it just doesn't work, in my opinion. Uh, I think Oklahoma belongs there. I think they did a great job. Uh, A lot of people are saying, you know, there's no defense in the Big 12. But I'm going to tell you what, I think Oklahoma is that aberration. I think they are on fire, and Georgia better watch out. I really believe that Oklahoma has as much as a chance as anybody to win the national championship this year. Uh, Baker Mayfield is an amazing leader. He's obviously going to run away with the Heisman Trophy. Um, We'll see if they're for real once they play, you know, Georgia, but I think they're going to be be a, a team to contend with. And I really hope Clemson does what they did to us last year in Ohio State and just destroys Alabama so that, you know, this can be added on next year and say, okay, we can't do this anymore. We have to be more, you know, picky about what we do. And honestly, Tim, my opinion is from what happened last year and with Ohio State getting in and people's, you know, getting upset about, you know, who was left out this year about how how many people were upset about how it went. I think this is obviously going to open up the case for us having more teams in the the playoff. And I've been saying this for quite a while now. I truly believe there is a plan for far down the road to finally make FBS have a traditional type of playoff system. And how awesome that will be, in my opinion, if they go up to eight teams in the playoff. And uh, that would be something to see. I agree with you. I think in the long term that will happen. Unfortunately, because of the way contracts are written and co- television coverage goes, 
The NCAA is not going to give those games away. The ESPN, I think, lasts another eight years. So I think we may have to go at least another eight years of a four-team playoff system before that happens. I know for the fact it just out of way when it has such value. And let's yeah. face it, everything's about economics today. But you know what? I think everybody agrees with that thought. Most people believe an eight-team playoff would be best where you had had the five conference champions and three at-large bids. And I think it would be the most sensible way to do about it. And I think in the long term, it will happen. I just don't expect it to happen uh, before this TV contract comes up, or at least uh, not before towards the end of this TV contract, simply because then they can renegotiate it and and sell those last those two extra games one extra week of football. And I'm not sure the conferences want that because that may devalue their conference championships. Uh, and that may make it even a little bit harder for it to happen. I don't know. I mean, these are just some of the obstacles you have to face. But I think in the long term, it makes the most sense because right now you have five conferences vying for four spots. And this year you had one conference get two spots. So mm-hmm. that means two conferences were left out. And that's that's a huge problem. I don't care who you are. The math just doesn't work out. And I think that's something that they're going to have to deal with in the future. Uh, it's going to be difficult. But we'll have to wait and see. I was disappointed Ohio State didn't get in. And I won't say I won't watch it. I'm just – I don't have the interest in it this year as I had the last previous four years, including the year Ohio State wasn't in. And even that year, I thought that Ohio State had one of the better teams in the country. That was – you know, those are the things – Unfortunately, committees come up with. Uh, I'm not sure they always have the most qualified people in these committees. Mm-hmm. And they people sometimes have agendas. Have, well, yeah. And quite honest with you, if they're not part of the NCAA football in general, I don't think they should belong. I don't think any uh, politician or any former athlete or, you know, an athlete from another sport, that type of thing or celebrities should be involved. I just don't, and they do have that stuff, and I don't understand it. Or they say, oh, they're great football knowledge, you know. I know that we came across about uh, Condoleezza Rice being involved in the first couple of years. I, I have nothing against Condoleezza Rice. She's probably a very smart, intelligent woman, and she's proved it throughout her career. But does she really belong on an NCAA football conference committee no. to determine the top four? I don't think she's qualified for that. I don't care who she is, even, you know. Now, if she ends up being a commissioner for one of these leagues someday, then yeah, then you have a legitimate point. But until that happens, I, I, just, I just have a problem with, with people who I find less than perfect for that committee. And, uh, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I just I have a problem with some of the selection people they put on who makes these choices. I'm right with you. I actually had this conversation with our associate, Mark Means, just the other day. Um, We actually, I specifically brought up Condoleezza Rice. And I said, I know I've been told, you know, that she has an amazing, uh, you know, connection with football. And she knows her stuff actually more than some people that are involved in in actual college football. But, you know, uh, when, when you have not either played or coached the sport, you are just, in my opinion, you know, someone who at that level for the college football playoff decision-making process, you should not be in there. 
and uh, you know, it, it's not a woman thing. Um, no, she, no, it's not. Um, I, I just think, like you said, I agree with you, Tim. I just think it needs to be somebody who who you know has a connection, and you know, uh, if you're an amazing sports writer or somebody that covers, you know, sports, you've been doing it your whole career and you have a respectable past that that's acceptable. But, um, I just didn't see where other than her being, you know, a, a good fan made her one of the people that should be in it. Talking real quick. I just wanted to mention how much I would love to see that eight playoff. And I know a lot of other people, because like you said, you get those five conference, the big five conference champions. And you and I both know when we've watched playoffs through the years, through every level of football, high school and the FCS college, and then pros, you always get that one team that no one ever in a million years would think that they would run the table in the playoffs and won like the year Pittsburgh, uh, went just barely made it into the playoffs and won the Super Bowl. Same thing the Giants did that. They had all away games through. I think you could get an aberration team, kind of like Central Florida. You never know unless you play. And they I do I think they would have no, but you just never know how they would play the days that they were in the playoff and they could maybe do a Boise State to what they did to Oklahoma. Um, I also liked what um, Jesse Palmer said the day of the decision show. He thought that Ohio State should have been in there. And he said, I truly believe because he agreed. I agreed with him. I had said this before he said it, and I was happy to hear him say it, was that, you know, Auburn beat Alabama. Alabama lost to Auburn, obviously, and Auburn lost the SEC championship. They still got ahead of Ohio State, and he thought, and I agreed with him, Alabama at that point with, I know they're down with some injuries and this and that. That doesn't matter, in my opinion. It's about what you can do on the field at that point, and we both agreed that they couldn't beat Wisconsin with the way that they were playing at that point. So if you can't hang with Wisconsin, you're not going to hang with Ohio State, who, who you know, definitely is a better team. We won't know. Uh, I would love it if they finally do that someday. And like, I agree with you, too. Uh, it's all about money and the FBS level. Um, but, you know, I think some, you know, no one ever thought we'd be at a four playoff system. So That's here true. we are. So, yeah, I agree. I, you know, won't keep dragging it out, but. Uh, you know, uh, we'll see how how the playoffs play out. And if Alabama runs the table and wins, then we were wrong. So uh, let's see what happens. Moving quickly on to the NFL real quick here, Matt, uh, just to wrap this up. Uh, obviously, the Steelers are playing terrific ball right now. They came had that huge comeback against Cincinnati on Monday night. Uh, I was really impressed with that game because I'll be honest, in the third quarter, I thought for sure Cincinnati was going to win that ball game. But, uh, you know, right now, Pittsburgh's definitely showing their ability to hang with the top maybe two or three teams in the in the NFL right now. And they're definitely the class act of the AFC North. And right now, i, I got to say, uh, they're going to be the number one contenders to the uh, Patriots right now, obviously both in the AFC. So they'll eventually do, most likely will match up sometime in the playoffs if they continue to win. Well, we the Pittsburgh Steelers actually have the Patriots, I believe, this week. 
So we'll get a, a view of that. Obviously, you can't say what happens in the regular season is going to happen in the playoffs. I still have a belief in my heart that that part of the blood that runs through my body is black and gold, that they will finally get that monkey off of their back and take care of the Patriots. The only way they can do that is if they finally just say, okay, we won't be stubborn anymore. We've got to change our defense up when we play them because if we just, they just get this mindset of we have great players, we do what we do, and let's see if we can stop them that way. No, Tom Brady knows how to beat that defense you usually run. You've got to make changes. You're the pros. High school teams and college teams make adjustments in-game and at halftime. And I thought that would happen last year in the playoffs. And they just came out in the second half and kept doing what they were doing. And Tom Brady put on a, a clinic. So uh, they looked good. Um, I agree with you. They are finishing. Uh, they started the season out shaky. Obviously, the best running back in the NFL, Le'Veon Bell, was not there. They're finally getting, you know, healthy they're playing well their offensive line is one of the top three in the nfl i think um they're coming into their own and uh you know them being able to come back which ben roethlisberger has made a career of comebacks and that game tim i thought in the second quarter they were in big trouble uh before halftime i you know you obviously everybody in the world all that was talked about for three straight days was what how that game went how ugly it was and you know the biggest rivalry in the nfl is probably pittsburgh ravens but the meanest and dirtiest is probably the Bengals and steelers and yeah there was a lot of uh mean stuff going on that game they just don't like each other and uh you know, everything, you know, we all know what happened with Ryan Shazier. That was the, one of the most horrifying things for me being an ex-player seeing you see somebody hurt their neck or back and the way he grabbed at it, it was just horrifying. And thank God he has movement again. And yeah, I, they think he's going to be all right from what I've heard. Um, you know, and then we had what happened with uh, Juju Schuster, Smith Juicer, uh, you know, I thought the hit he made, I loved it. Uh, even some people had problems with how he stood over him. I didn't. You know, the, the, I forget, is it uh, Perfect was the linebacker he, he nailed. He's made a career out of dirty hits. So I think he deserved a good shot. Now, did I wish injury on him? No. When he wasn't getting up, that's when things change. Uh, and then, you know, guys are getting in, in fights. You have also, uh, you know, somebody made that. I forget the defensive back who hit uh, Brown, and he still could give him credit. He kept that touchdown and still caught it. So, um, you know, I think there was a lot of revenge hits going on in that game, but it's the game of football. And, and you, you, you know, people that don't understand it, if it bugs you that much, don't watch it. Um, but none of them wish – injury on anyone so uh, i enjoyed it uh, it was the the second week in a row that uh pittsburgh just you know finished out amazingly and i hope that they can take it to the patriots yeah it was a, it was a it really was kind of like afc north type game where it is a hard-hitting game and a, a game of uh you know, rivalries, and I agree that that's part of football today, and it always has been part of football. 
now with the the concerns of injuries and head injuries specifically, I think it changes the way people view the game at times. It's a violent game. I don't care what you want to tell me. I don't care how you try to uh, put a strike zone on where you can hit a player and how they hit a player. I'm about 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", athletes with uh, great speed and strength hitting each other at full speed. There's going to be injuries. There's just no way around it. Uh, I do believe long-term for the NFL and for the players that you can find a ways to uh, innovate and get the equipment to another standard, to a higher level, and uh, protect players. I do believe in a long-term type scenario that you can teach better tackling techniques. That would go a long way. Uh, I think, like I've said for many years, and I think it, it's absolutely truth. I've uh, had arguments with uh, people about this. I says, the problem today, and, and I mean this is just generalization at all levels of, of football, is you don't have to teach a kid to hit. They love to hit. You could teach technique, but no one really teaches tackling anymore and how to how to actually get it done. I mean, the big hit's what makes the big money today in the NFL, and that's why defensive players understand that. And quite honestly, that's what motivates them, and that's okay. That's part of the game. I, I, I accept that. I just, you know, what happened to Ryan Rezier, I mean, Shazier, excuse me, was uh, – you know, I was concerned the moment it happened. I even tweeted it out. I said, I'm concerned right now about Ryan uh, Shazier because he's, you know, you can see right away, like you mentioned, grabbing his back and uh, then all of a sudden, you know, seeing his legs go limp. And was, grabbing his arm and going like that, and, I told you he didn't have feeling. Right. Uh, so it was, you know, we've seen injuries like that on the football field, and it's very scary uh, on all, all levels. I mean, no one cares about him playing football ever again. All they care about is making sure that he has uh, the ability to live life out and live it out, you know, uh, healthy and uh, be able to uh, use all his extremities uh, properly. I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, nothing. Yes, uh, on a professional level, on an economic level, I'm sure playing football means a lot to him. Any athlete, and this is where. You know, I differ from a lot of fans out there, and, and I learned this because I talked to a lot of athletes at the pro level. You can understand they have a short window to make this type of ridiculous money. Uh, you know, no, no, there's not many jobs out there that actually pay you a salary in a seven, eight figure range, and that's what these athletes at all level of all sports get. So you got to take advantage of it, and uh, you know, you got to you know use the old cliche cash in when you can, but because especially in the NFL. You know, if you're a first-round or second-round draft pick, you're locked in your first contract for four or five years. And then that second contract is when you make your money. So that first contract, you make your your value to, it, to the team that you're playing. And the second contract, either when you become a free agent or when you sign your new extension, is where they make their money. Not that the first contract isn't, isn't very well uh, compensated. It is, but it's just not at the same level. You're talking about maybe a $10 million contract, maybe up to $15 million contract for five years for some of these guys. And then next thing you know, the next one's worth 75 or $80 million for the same amount of years. So it tells you the difference. And I understand when an athlete says, you know, this is my opportunity. I have to, I have to take it. Cause 
let's be honest. There's not that many people out there who are going to go out and be a Michael Strahan who makes more money off the field than he ever did on the field. It, there are a few, but there's they're not that many. This is their opportunity to economically change their lives and change the lives of their families, and I get that. And I understand on that point of view. And But the most important thing is to come away healthy. I recognize that a lot of these players lose kind of years on their lives and their and their quality of life, I should say, when they play football, as you know, uh, very, very, very poignantly because of all the uh, surgeries that you've had on your knees and uh, what you went through playing at the collegiate level. Uh, you understood what you were given up to, to play at that level. And I'm not saying it wasn't worth it. I'm not even, no judgment here. I just, I, I respect that point and you have to respect the athlete who puts themselves in that scenario. I don't care what sport it is, especially in a violent sport like like football, you have to accept that and, and be more responsive and, and more uh, appreciative of these athletes who put themselves out there each and every day uh, for the entertainment value of fans. Exactly. And that is, I think, sometimes gets lost uh, when people talk about, oh, he's not worth this X amount of money. And I keep saying it's not your money. Don't worry about his money. That's his, that's his thing. Uh, only worry about rooting for your team, winning or losing, and have enjoyment of watching the, the excitement of a game and the competition. Because in the end, that money's not going to come to you as a fan or you as a viewer or whatever you want to say. It's, it's their money. It's their opportunity. And, uh, yeah, there's no question about it. Uh, you can call it a lottery ticket, but it's not really a lottery ticket because they, they put themselves in, in those situations to be where they're at. and. You know, there are a lot of players who are on the outside looking in who wanted that opportunity and just couldn't really get to that level. So you have to really um, appreciate that scenario. And, and that goes with all sports. I mean, I don't care what sport you're playing. There's a good chance that you're taking uh, years of quality of life off of qualities of your health on your life after you're done playing. I don't care if it's football, baseball, basketball. Uh there are many people limping around getting these replacements or hip replacements and that after being a, a major athlete or even an athlete who may have only played three to five years in a league. I don't care what league they're talking about because uh, injuries do happen and it can be life changing. And that's just the way, you know, that's the risk they're willing to take. And that's the love of the game, really, or in my opinion, the way I see it. Quickly, I want to get into one more subject here before we turn off here, Matt. Uh, the Cleveland Browns stay in the news. Uh, not only are they winless, but they have uh, made the change at the head of the organization as Sashi Brown was let go. And on the same day, they bring in John Dorsey, who has a great resume, who started, who played five years for the Green Bay Packers, went into scouting there, helped scout that team, helped to be one of the people who scouted someone like an Aaron Rodgers and helped bring in those type of players for Green Bay, went to Kansas City and uh, helped turn around that program over there and that organization and what they are achieved. He is now going to be the new GM of the Cleveland Browns. And I'm excited because this is a guy I heard about in the summer when he got let go from uh, Kansas City. And I kept saying, if they're going to go after someone with experience and someone who understands the game of football today, I thought John Dorsey fit that bill. And I'm, I'm as a Cleveland Brown fan, I'm actually thrilled that they went out and did this. And I'll be honest, I'm going to even go on a limb and say, I don't mind Hugh Jackson coming back. I may have some disagreements the way he runs the game, 
and time management and some other decisions he makes. However, I'm kind of excited to give him that opportunity, maybe with more of a football man at the front office and see how this organization can move forward because <laughs> it can't get any worse than where they're at right now, where they won like one of the last 28 games. Uh, you know, uh, not even being a Cleveland Browns fan, I was ecstatic to hear it. It's not only great for the for the city of Cleveland, for the state of Ohio, but for the NFL. You want your teams to be, you know, good football teams. Everybody puts a good product on the field. And I obviously everyone wants their team to win the Super Bowl, but you can't have that every single year. I like being able to see different teams winning the Super Bowl. I like seeing parity. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a great, great thing that's happened to them. Obviously, Sashi Brown did not know what he was doing. He did not belong in there. It almost seemed at times to me like he was purposely doing things to injure that franchise. And I agree, Dorsey is the guy. I think everyone obviously was pushing him. Uh, they grabbed someone good. I I think uh, things will change. Um, I also believe that, you know, as you said, that um, the head coach, uh, I just went blank. What's his name again? Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson. He deserves another chance because what he has been dealing with, with the, the upper management, is not what a coach – deals with on a regular basis and is expected to win games. You know, the pressure that was being put on him was so unrealistic because he was not being allowed to do what coaches need to do to win. So now he's got somebody that can work with him. He can finally get the right things going, get the right guys in there, get the right attitude. And uh, this could be the catalyst that finally switches things up and gets the Browns winning games again. You know, I, I definitely just like the direction of a person who has experience, who's had success at different levels, who has not only played the game, but also was a scout for 20 years before becoming a GM, had success as a GM. So he's seen the football from a lot of different perspectives, not only as a player, as a scout, as an administrator. I think those are really important things. And I'm excited in the sense that I believe – he stepped into a situation where he can make uh, a big, a big impact on this organization in a very quick uh, area because he did that with Kansas City. Kansas City was two and fourteen when he went in there, and they became a winning program. Matter of fact, I think they won eleven games in the next year. So I'm not expecting that big of a dramatic turnaround. However, I'm I'm expecting growth and opportunities for the for the Browns going forward and. You know, we get talk more about that as time goes on. Uh, Matt, real quick, any last thoughts here before we uh, say goodnight? Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, December 16th when all the bowls start rolling. That is absolutely, along with Christmas being my favorite holiday, what I associate with the holidays the most is, aside from family, is all the football that's on day and night. I love it. It's a dream come true. Um, and we're getting into everything's important now, more than ever. Uh, the, the bowl games are so important, and we're getting too uh, close to the playoffs in the NFL. So everything is getting to the most exciting part of, of the season, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Well, Matt, I agree with you. Let's, let's try to uh, sync our schedules early next week before the first bowl game. 
we'll go through some of the important ones and maybe some of the the lower case uh, bowl games and talk about them too. And uh, as we move forward and as we get closer to the NFL, wrapping up their regular seasons, we're down to the last uh, four weeks and it should be a lot of fun. And then also uh, we'll just get ready for the playoffs because there's still a lot of football season left. Uh, Personally, my basketball season began last night real quickly. I'll be in games on WKST 1200 in Newcastle. And you can listen live on that on the internet. Uh, if you go to triplive.com, a sports network, and just get, you can follow that, and you can find me there. On uh, and I'll post that on the uh, Facebook page. Uh, our schedule there, there, so you can get along. And um, obviously, I just want to thank you again, Matt, for your time, and I can't wait to uh, talk to you and Anthony next week. As uh, we continue here on Radio MVP. Uh, I am looking forward to that. And real quick, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, at Tim Continenza for for Twitter, at EMP7172 for me. And listen, if you're in the area, to uh, 1240 a.m., 6 to 7 p.m. on Tuesdays for Just Football with Matt Emsch. You can also hear it streaming over the uh, website at www.wbbw.com. All right, Matt, thanks again. I appreciate your time, and this has been episode 25 of the Video MVP Sports Podcast. Good night, everyone. <laughs>